So, while on an individual level we may have reconciled this, I think that as a society, we still have a lot of work to do when it comes to embracing the positive sides to aging. But what do I know? So that's why that's what I'm saying. If we we're saying this now, but mm-hmm. if we were 35, yeah. I think I could still Lord, stand on what Lord I'm God, saying. you hear my cry. I ain't offering nobody <laughs> any ultimatums at 35. Please, please. No. Like, I'm hoping that that's something that I can still look back on and say, yeah, should you stuck with that? You know, but I, I wonder if if that's something that, you I know, think I can still with- stick to what I'm saying. This is But What Do I Know podcast with Chid Suzanne, a space for affirming, for learning and for healing. A podcast and community where we're exploring our But What Do I Know moments in hopes that it helps you, the listener, overcome yours. You ready? Welcome everyone to another episode of the But What Do I Know podcast. I'm your host, Chit Suzanne, and I just want to welcome you all to yet another episode, season three, episode five. We are back with another episode, and I know y'all are going to love this one. So sit back, hang tight, get yourself a drink, a snack, (laughs) and let's get into it. But before we go any further, if this is your first time tuning in and listening to this podcast, Thank you. I appreciate you. I hope you enjoy this episode. Make sure that you are liking, subscribing, commenting on whatever platform it is you used to listen, especially if that is Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And if you're already part of our community, you're already in the know, you've been listening, rating, reviewing, all that good stuff. Thank you. Thank you. It is greatly appreciated. All right. So I hope you're all having a wonderful week. As usual, I hope it's been restful, productive so far. I hope you're, you know, getting through your to-do lists. It's May officially. So that means it is the end of the school semester for a lot of post-secondary students. So if you've just completed your semester, congratulations on finishing. It's now summer. So it's time to, you know, turn up, enjoy, make some more money and uh, make some good memories. And if you graduated this year and this was your final semester, then congratulations on finishing what I assume was probably a very long, hard phase (laughs) of your life. And um, yeah, now it starts, you know, a new journey of figuring out yourself, what you really like, what you want to do. And, you know, I'm sure a whole fulsome life ahead of you. So congratulations to all the graduates and congratulations to those who made it through another semester. All right, let's go ahead and get into our clue and segment for this episode. Right, so for our clue and segment this episode, we're going to start off with a TV show recommendation. I've actually talked about this TV show in a previous episode, but I did promise that I was going to go a little bit deeper when I was officially done watching the season. And that TV show is Bel Air, of course. I loved it. I am officially done season one. I'm hearing that season two has been renewed and they are going to start, you know, filming and production. So I am so, so, so excited. I can't wait. 
And so I want to go a little bit deeper and, you know, just talk about some things that I really enjoyed and some things that I'm hoping they dive deeper into in season two. So the first is Will and his relationship with his dad. You know, towards the end of season one, we saw that he met his dad. Obviously, their relationship, well, they really don't have much of a relationship and they're butting heads and they're arguing. And you see Will's dad wanting to also, you know, share some things about his relationship with Will's mom and Will not really, you know, telling him, listen, like, I can't just respect you. Respect has to be earned. It's a two way streak. So I'm really hoping that they explore that relationship more. In season two, I'm also hoping that we get to see more about Carlton and his dependence on substances. Um, I'm really hoping that, you know, we see some sort of, I guess, an intervention almost or some sort of support and help from his family members. We know that Will Will knows about his dependence and Will has sort of, you know, helped him and said, listen, you know, whenever you feel like you need this, call me. I'll be here. I'll help you out. But I want on Viv involved. I want Uncle Phil involved. Like, I want to see the family sort of rallying around him. So I'm hoping we get more into that. And then also Jeffrey Suave. I'm hoping we get more into his movements. We know that he had a hand in the killing of Rashad, who's the person that Will had gotten into the original altercation at the beginning of the story, which led him to come into Bel Air in the first place. Um, you know, we know that Jeffrey had a hand in Rashad's killing. So I want to know, like, what's going to happen with regards to that. I want to know what other things Jeffrey's doing, what else he has going on. You know, we know he does a lot of things and he moves really, you know, he's very slick with it. So I'm excited to see you know, how Jeffrey's story will sort of be developed. I'm excited to dig deeper into that. But y'all go check it out. I'm finished. I'm thoroughly impressed. I really, really, really like it. I'm anticipating season two. So yeah, y'all go watch Bel Air. It's on the Peacock Network. All right. So next for our clue and segment, we're going to talk about a few festivals and upcoming concerts that are going to be taking place here in the city of Toronto. The artists are back outside. The festivals have been rescheduled and set up. So Let's talk about what's going on <laughs> over the next few weeks in the city of Toronto. So Coffee. Coffee is touring with the Toronto DJ Bambi and the Nigerian artist Buju. This concert was actually supposed to take place May 5th and May 6th, but I heard it was canceled and rescheduled less than five hours to the show. So damn, I don't know what happened with that. But it has actually been rescheduled for July 24th and July 25th. And I believe tickets are still available for one of those days. So if you're interested, go ahead and cup those. Nigerian artist Tiwa Savage is set to perform in Toronto June 19th and in Montreal June 17th. So again, if you're interested, I believe tickets for Toronto are all sold out. But if you don't mind driving to Montreal and you really want to see Tiwa, go ahead. Tickets are still available at the time that this episode <laughs> is being released. Adekunle Gold. Love him. He is set to perform Toronto June 10th. I'm excited. I'm going to see him. So I will definitely, you know, share how that concert goes with you all and do a little bit of a recap. All right. We got Chris Brown and Lil Baby. They're coming July 29th, which also <laughs> happens to be the Caravana Caribbean Carnival weekend as well. That festival is also going to be taking place as well. I'm sure there are going to be lots of concerts, parties and so on that weekend. So they're going to be here. And then Toronto, we're getting our very first Rolling Loud Festival ever. I'm, I'm excited. And that's going to be September 9th to September 11th weekend. We got Dave, we got Wizkid, Skepta. <sighs> Listen, about $400 for, 400 to $500 for general admission three-day ticket. As far as I know, they haven't completely sold out yet. So if you're interested, go ahead and, and get those. I'm still contemplating because, listen, this summer is looking expensive. 
And I am, you know, trying to pick and choose what I attend this summer. But if you are interested, go ahead and check that out. Like I said, first ever Rolling Loud Festival happening in the city of Toronto, September 9th to 11th. All right. And so this week, I don't have a song of the week for you all, but I have an album recommendation. So not just one song, but a whole project. And that is Blast's new album. It's called Before You Go. Blast is going to do what he's going to do. And Blast did what he needed to do on this album. That's all I'm going to say. If you like Blast, you will definitely enjoy this album. Some of my favorites are Couldn't Wait For It with Rick Ross, Still On My Way, Keep Coming Back, sometimes and every good girl these are some of my favorites from the album and when you listen to it i know as listeners we like to skip songs go to our favorites but try to listen to this from top to bottom without skipping and really just taking it in i promise you it makes the experience that much better so go ahead and check it out it's blast's new album called before you go All right. So with that being said, we're going to get into our main segment for this episode. I've talked about this episode. I'm trying something new. I want to have these vibe check episodes where I invite my girlfriends and, you know, it's a little bit more relaxed, but you still have things to take away and you still feel like, you know, you're part of our conversation. So without further ado, let's go ahead and get into our first ever vibe check episode. So for our main segment, this episode, I promised y'all we were going to have a relaxing episode coming up and um, I'm trying something new. We're going to have an episode called a vibe check. And so these are going to be episodes where it's going to be a little bit more relaxed. Um, I'm going to have my girlfriends pull up on me in the studio and we're going to talk about, you know, a couple of things. Usually in our episodes, we talk about maybe one thing. We go really deep into it. I'll have some experts come through, you know, all that good stuff. And these will still have you, you know, thinking and you're going to have something to take away. But it's going to be a little bit more relaxed. And we're going to be drinking some. Uh, well, today we got mojitos. Yeah. So vibe check is what I'm going to call these type of episodes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So for our first vibe check, we have Estelle. Oh, Owner of Pub Culture Studios, plus size fashion content creator, Let and know. honorary member of the Bawadwano podcast. Let him know. <laughs> <laughs> so, sis, welcome back to the show. Thank you for having me back. As per usual, I'm yeah. always looking forward to seeing you yeah. on and off the podcast. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> this has been so great. I've been look- looking forward to doing this. Um, also, you know, it was just recently my birthday as well so you know we're gonna get into ba, ba, that ba, ba, exactly it's your birthday we, we gonna, gonna party like it's your birthday we're gonna sip a party like it's your birthday and you know we don't get not a shutting them out still <laughs> that is so oh, funny my goodness Ooh, all right but today i brought estelle on you know we're gonna talk about getting older it was just my birthday and you know last year i did have an episode with clarissa friend of the podcast as well honorary member her (laughs) and you know we did talk about you know our relationship to aging getting older um you know certain goals and objectives we may have and that changing so we're gonna go a little bit deeper into that we're gonna focus more on the aging side in terms of you know physically and our relationship to getting older this episode and then we're gonna get into some you know things that we're watching (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm. and giving people ultimatums (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. All right. So 
Mrs. Stell, first question for you. What is your relationship to aging like? Um, uh, I don't want to say it's a bad one. Mm. I think we have a very similar relationship to aging, being so firstborn child's daughters of African families. Mm. Um, but I think more so now, especially I, like I, when you turn your age, I don't know if you say it on the podcast. No, you can say yeah. it. <laughs> Big old 25, chick turned 25, y'all. Um, it wasn't like a shock to me. Like we're all born the same year. We're all going to turn 25 this year. But I think maybe last year, or the year prior to, um, I've been okay with the process of slowing down. So mm. my birthday is really late. So personally, my friends will always turn the age prior to me. So I used to be like, oh, when am I going to be 19 so I can come and drink with y'all? When am I going to be 21 when I can come and drink with y'all? This year, y'all, I love you, Chid, but I was like, I'm not your age mate. I'm not even 24 and a half. Like, <laughs> I'm comfortable with the 365 days that I get to grow as an individual. And when I mean slowing down the process, not necessarily like stop myself from aging. Like, you can't do that unless you've figured that out. Share your secret. Um... <laughs> But just like taking acknowledgement of like where I am in that moment, not being in a rush to be the next age or the next point of my life, because it comes by really quickly. One, one second, we're like 18 starting university. The next, we're in our mid 20s. And um, being the eldest of a family, you're always asked to be more mature, to take on more responsibility. And it almost becomes part of your like personality, your character to always take on things more than you necessarily expect at a certain point in your life. And I think I have just come to terms with being like, you know what? No, I don't want to take this responsibility on. I do have time to learn in the present tense. I do have time to slow down. I do have time to, I guess, make mistakes and be the age I actually am. Like, I, there's, I'm no, no longer impressed by telling people like, yeah, like I'm more mature for my age. Da, da, da. Like, I just enjoy where I am present tense. So that's how I feel about aging at this point in my life. Maybe like four years ago, it wouldn't have been that. I would have been like, yeah, people see me like a 21-year-old, but like I actually act like I'm this. Mm -mm. Baby girl, stay your age. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, like, it's funny. You answered the question I was going to ask you mm -hmm. next, which is, you know, has this changed over time? Yeah. And you said it has changed over time. You are comfortable with slowing down. So yes. you... So I guess you see it more as you're not in a rush to get older. Yes, exactly. Mm. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. okay. Whereas for me, I think it's changed... I'm not that I want to get older or that I'm in a rush to get older, mm -hmm. but I'm okay. Like I'm embracing it. And I know that that's obviously where it's still now 20s. Mm -hmm. um, that might change maybe when I'm 35. I'm like, I don't want to get to 40. But I think that I'm, I'm happy. I'm okay. Like just getting older, getting like wiser, doing things, you know, and like just growing up, coming yeah. of age, just Growing into my looks, into my personality, yes. developing my own style, doing things on my own, standing on my own, traveling with friends, traveling on my own. So I feel like I'm definitely a lot more comfortable yeah. now, like with the whole idea of like, you know, aging, getting older yeah. and so on. And to, to add on to your point, like the mm -hmm. process of slowing down is not so much, like I said, uh, going backwards or being fearful of getting older, mm -hmm. but it's acknowledging that like the present tense like is there's still a lot of time ahead, right? Mm -hmm. Because I think like people are looking forward, like even before I'm 25, I'm worried about turning 30, right? right? But now I'm still 24, turning 25 later this year. 
Like I I'm okay with the idea that in six years, five years from now, like I'm going to hit my 30s and five years doesn't seem like this race against time about like all the things I need to fit in. I don't think my life ends at 30 or I don't need uh, to be at a certain space exactly at that point in time. So there's a comfort in getting older. Mm. Um, I guess it's the same thing, but because I think I've spent a lot of time looking ahead of time. So like when I'm going to be this age, this is what I need to be at and where I need to be. Um, I don't, not that I don't like to look forward. I'm just worried about right now. Right. I like that. So when right now comes, I'm going to close my eyes. If right now is 30, I'm accepting of 30. Mm -hmm. Right. But okay, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm 24, not even 24 and a half. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So this is, you know, the Boaduano podcast. Mm -hmm. And you have, you know, answered this question before in relation to our bodies, body positivity, and our, you know, our relationship to our bodies and so on. Mm -hmm. But, you know, have you had some moments where, you doubted yourself and your ability in relation to your age. Mm -hmm. So for example, like, you know, we're 24, 25, and maybe you're looking at what other people are doing at 24, 25, 26, mm -hmm. and you're starting to doubt your sauce. You're starting to doubt like, okay, maybe, or I'm 24 and I don't know how to do my taxes, or I'm 24 and I, I, there are some things I don't know and other people know it and, mm. you know, I'm embarrassed. Or then you start to sort of, not self-sabotage, but then like sort of, go into your shell a little bit because you're like shy and you can't you know do you ever yeah. feel like that um ah. yes but uh i don't know if it's delusion <laughs> but uh i think my but what do i know moment uh in relation to age is being confident in what i do know at my age right mm. so we talk about this a lot Jid. i don't know anything about cars i have my full license i'd be driving i'd be whipping from one end of ontario to the next I couldn't tell you anything about tire pressures. And some people would, would like to argue and be like, oh, if you don't know this, then how are you doing this? Okay. That's why you pay people to do stuff, right? But the other side of it is also like when being so young and you hold opinions about like relationships, education, mm. work, um, people really try to humble you because you're so young. But it's like, um, I think that takes a lot away from people's like confidence in where they're at. So I don't appreciate at all um, growing up, especially when you're like a teenager. Let's compare. Let's let's go way back. At least 10 years ago. We can say that now. Um, <laughs> 10 years ago, like you're a teenager, you're going through like these emotions and everything. And they're really strong because, you know, 14, 16, 15, like really dramatic years. Right. And I think I always hated it when people would talk to teenagers or myself and be like, what you're feeling is too much. What you're feeling is not valid and so on and so forth. And you get older and it's still the same way. Like we're going right now, we're going through right now career changes, figuring stuff out. And that sense of anxiety or eagerness about establishing yourself, people kind of go, oh, it's not that big of a deal. You just finished university. Like it's like, oh, no, I just worked four years of my life seeing, getting advice from people, getting all this experience. And I have the sense of affirmation on myself, but you're taking it away from me because I'm not 40, 30, whatever age. Like you're t discounting it because of that. So my but what do I know moment I think came in like 22 23 where I was like you're not going to discount what I'm saying because of my age I'm going to stand firm in that I'm going to assume that that is something people say in English yeah. assume yeah like I'm going to take what it is that I know and I'm going to work with this and that doesn't take away from my ability to be teachable and everything like that but also I do not entertain like dialogue with people who are not willing to teach where I'm at right mm. so if you're going to take away the knowledge that I have because it's not good enough for you because I'm young then I don't care to listen to you 
Okay, I like it. I feel like for me, and I really like that, the idea of standing confident in your age. Because a lot of people, you know, you're just young. Mm. You're going through a phase. Especially when you're in certain workspaces and you're the youngest in your team you're the youngest in your group i don't care if you're retiring let me tell you about yourself ma'am listen (laughs) yeah so i feel like for me it's been you know enjoy your age like you said earlier Mm -hmm. and it's okay if someone is a millionaire at 24 that's fine your time will come Mm -hmm. you know like (laughs) you're you're on your own path i feel like sometimes it's really like age is becoming something where Especially once you've finished university, you can have people who are 30 and are in school figuring things out, mm-hmm. changing careers. Mm-hmm. And then you see people who are 30 having kids, getting married, and you're like, whoa, what's going on? Yeah. You're <laughs> <laughs> saying 30. One homegirl, yeah, let's go to the club. Da, da, da. The other one, I'm getting my master's and I'm trying to have a baby. Huh? Um, okay, congratulations. Uh, can you just send me the link to what the diapers are at? I, that's the only thing I know. Okay, bye. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> and we're all just walking through different paths. So I think it's, you know, being able to be there for your friends who are walking this path, mm-hmm. understanding that different things happen, removing that age thing and knowing that you have your path to walk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's and sharing been that crucial. confidence with other people. Right. Yeah. Like, again, age is not an indicator of like knowledge. I generally Absolutely. believe. Like the same way, like we just did that comparison, like the friend that's going to the club and the friend that's getting married, whatever. Like, I feel always some type of way when you're like dealing with people especially when you're looking like uh horizontally mm-hmm. you're like one friend is doing this the other one is doing that when you're putting doubt right. in the other friend who's again is standing firm in their belief and they, this is what they're ready at that point in life to do it goes against what i was just saying earlier right so mm-hmm. um part of just that having your own confidence in your own knowledge is also sharing that with other people and also appreciating their confidence in their own knowledge mm. Okay, what a word. Oh, thanks. I tried. <laughs> <laughs> so we've talked about us, right? And how we see age. And I can definitely see it evolving as we grow, as we, you know, get wiser. You know, we grow into ourselves, believe in our sauce more, all that good stuff. Sounds like a good episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but when we zoom out and look at society, mm-hmm. and, you know, we're going through this post-woke era, woke era that we're in right now. Mm-hmm. You know, we have so many different groups of people fighting for their movements. And a group of those are women who are, you know, 40 or 50 plus that are also fighting to be seen because they've also been invisible in a lot of things, especially media, right? Mm-hmm. So do you think that society as a whole, mm-hmm. we're changing to become more positive in the way that we embrace aging and getting older? Unfortunately, no. Hmm. Unfortunately, no. What makes you say that? We just watched a show <laughs> about a, like a, a group of young adults mm. pushing for a certain part in their life. And the discourse is this is the wrong set of people to be um, worried about this certain thing in this part of their life. Right. Mm-hmm. And then they coined and the comparison on social media was this was supposed to be for this set of group of people. Right. right. So. As much as I would love to say, like, the women's in the 40s and 50s who are not doing what the, is expected for the women's in 40s and 50s are getting comfortable, they're showing themselves off. I think that, like many other, like many other things, that only comes with status. The mm. only reason that we're, like, the people that we're praising for not doing that stuff, and what I mean stuff is, let's say, necessarily, you know, having their kids, being married... 
um, with their careers or so on. So forth. I don't know what else people in 40s and 50s are supposed to be nearly retiring or whatever. Um, the only time we're, we're praising them is when they're A-listers or like big social media influencers who are like, I'm breaking the chains of this bad marriage that I was in for like 20 years. But in real life, everybody's like, oh, did you see this lady? She's 40 and she just wanted to start her life over. Like, you know, mm -hmm. it's again, I'm I'm a little bit I'm a little bit pessimistic when it comes to that stuff. I appreciate it. I know many women who in their late 30s, um, early 40s who probably have not fit, fit that mold. But mm -hmm. I know them personally. I love them personally. I'm sure they still struggle with trying to explain or not explain to people why it is that they have their life the way that they do. Right. I think for me, I think that society wants to change. <laughs> I think that they they want to. And they're like fooling themselves and saying, you know, yeah, like we can absolutely do this. We're, we're better. We're embracing 40 plus women. But one, we still don't have the, that representation mm -hmm. to where it should be. I don't know what the opportunities are like for women of that age in things like media in front-facing industries you don't really see a lot of that mm -hmm. and a lot of societal narratives it's almost like your life just goes downhill after like 40 45 that's where it's at i don't yeah. know a lot of tv shows where or a lot of like media pieces or or things that have been shown to me where a woman past 45 is traveling starting a new career you know, she it's always this like, oh, she's a CEO. She's been doing this for like 20 years. She's miserable and single, but she got the money. You know, she had to sacrifice one thing for the other. Or it's the opposite. It's she didn't chase her dreams. She married her high school sweetheart. Now they're divorced. And she's, she's having a realization and she wants to be this independent, grown, like feminist, yeah. neo singing. <laughs> <laughs> like it's one or the other. So yeah. we need some sort of like a little bit more realistic for the everyday woman of that. Yeah. You know, so I, I hear you. I think I'm a little bit pessimistic too. Yeah. I think society like we want to and we're fooling ourselves. Yeah. But and again, when we say society, we're talking about like the yeah. bigger picture, pe how people view it as a whole. Because exactly. I for sure can say that I have met individual women in my life. Like I can li I can name off like three to four of them where I'm just like, they're in their late 30s. They had to do restart things, not the formal way that like they trope it out to be on TV. And the honest conversations that they have provided me are why I'm so confident in being 24 and still not knowing what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's that's facts. Well, that was our, you know, portion on aging, getting older. So we're going to shift our conversation a little bit. Oh, I did say, you know, we're going to talk about aging and ultimatums. If you haven't already, honestly, you must live under a rock because <laughs> everyone has heard of the show, The Ultimatum. If you haven't, and if you're interested in watching it, you may want to watch it before you listen to the next portion of this episode Spoiler because there are definitely going to be spoilers. I'm dropping names. I'm calling people out. <laughs> we are going to do a deep dive. And this will sort of also tie into our conversation on aging, getting older and, you know, how perspectives change and so on, too. But we're going to, you know, take a deep dive and analysis into the show and what we've sort of <laughs> watched and 
talked about over the past past few weeks or so. So uh, let's get into it. Let's start here. What are your thoughts on ultimatums in both friendships and in romantic relationships? And actually, before you get into that, because we had this conversation, we needed to clear up what an ultimatum actually meant because I think people don't really fully understand it. Exactly. So we like to conceptualize things here. We do. Absolutely. like that. So listeners, ultimatum, let's define it. Read it. An ultimatum is a final demand or statement of terms, the rejection of which will result in retaliation or breakdown in relations. So this isn't like move this cup, please. Mm -hmm. This is move this cup or I'm out. Yeah. This is do this or I'm out. So it's sort of like you've been maybe talking and persuading and it's the final demand before you ideally step out. There has to be the key point of demand. Yes. Because this is where I, like when you asked me this yesterday, when we were talking about this briefly, there was a little bit of the confusion. Mm, Yes, yes. So the demand has to be present for it to be an ultimatum. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Okay, so yeah. Having heard the definition, what do you think about ultimatums in terms of friendships and in terms of romantic relationships? Yeah, so um, I think... I'm going to break it down in two things. Personally, I'm not the type. Mm. I And it's not necessarily to be like shaming on people or be like my ultimatums are wrong. You shouldn't have to do them or so on and so forth. But it's more so just like I get tired before I even want to ask the demand. I, I, I'm just one of those people where I think that certain behaviors uh, need to be shown. Not that this means that there doesn't it doesn't need to be communicated what I need in a friendship, what I need in a relationship. but. I can't go from like, oh, Chidima, in order for us to be friends, like, I need you to be willing to laugh at my jokes. I'm funny. <laughs> that's not a request. Uh, <laughs> but um, we have a conversation where you're like straight face. If, if we talk and you're always like, ha ha. And I'm like, no, I actually need you to laugh. And like, okay, great. I understand that. Let's move forward from that. And the next time you don't laugh, I'm not going to be like, Chidima, you need to laugh or I'm walking away. I probably was just like, she doesn't think I'm funny. Let's move on with that. Relationships that look like it's like, hey, like, I I need to see my partner making steps or decisions that encompass us together. That mm-hmm. For the parallel of the, the show, that show me that you are taking the steps because you want to marry me, right? If you're not taking steps or actions or anything in consideration that I feel like are for two people that are committed to be, be married in the near future... I'm not going to start doing the, you need to, you know, marry me or I'm walking away. You need to propose in two years or I'm walking away. Mm -hmm. I think early on in the conversation, like, again, this is the idea of final demand, consequence or break of relations, as you were mentioning the definition. If early on in the the relationship, like when we're like talking, let's say the talking stage, because we all love a good talking stage, right? (laughs) Uh, (laughs) You're like telling people like, hey, like, Yeah, like I'm into dating. We can talk for a couple of months. But for me in a relationship, like we're not going to do this 10 year thing. We're not going to do this five year thing, like three years tops. I've said it that one time. It's not in three years from now. Then you're going to be like, oh, we've been together for three years. Like now she's giving me an ultimatum. Like that's not what's happening. Do you see what I'm saying? Exactly. Yeah. So I personally, I wouldn't do them. I walk away before we even get to that. Mm -hmm. But I do think for certain people who... People are are a lot more forward in conversations in in a certain way. Some people want to say that, like, I don't, uh, I'm not confrontational, which is not true. Mm -hmm. But there's certain things I just get tired of. I'll just walk away. But other people who are confrontational to the T, like to the end of it, 
if you think it's necessary for your partner to understand where you're at in your relationship, I think ultimatums are okay. So this is, let's intersect, you know, age and ultimatums and stuff, right? Because mm. I'm actually really loving where this conversation is going. Yeah. Do you think that that has changed as you've gotten older? And do you think that if, when you're 35, mm-hmm. you're still going to think what you think now in terms of, no, I get tired before I even want to offer an ultimatum, so I'm out. Like, do you think that as we get older, mm-hmm. that willingness to sort of push it to the point of giving an ultimatum, you get closer and closer to that point? Or do you think it's like, mm, I said it and I'm out? Um, that's, an, that's really interesting. Right. So the reason I ask that is because this group of people exactly. are in their early 20s. Exactly. So that's why. I, and that's what I was saying. I was like, it feels absurd that they're they're doing this. Right. And I even said it to you yesterday. Mm-hmm. Because it's I, crazy. Like now they can walk away, start over, mm-hmm. meet someone, do five years, still start over. And it doesn't look crazy. But if it was like a group of like and again, this is why I'm saying I don't think that a society is moving forward. If it's a group of people who are like 35 or whatever people and people have tweeted this. They feel like those are the group of people this show should have been geared towards. Exactly. So that's why that's what I'm saying. If we we're saying this now, but mm. if we were 35. Yeah. I think I could still Lord, stand on what Lord I'm God, saying. you hear my cry. I ain't offering nobody <laughs> any ultimatums at 35. Please, please. No. Like, I'm hoping that that's something that I can still look back on and say, yeah, should you stuck with that? You know, but I, I wonder if if that's something that, you I know, think I can still with, stick to what I'm saying now. Me too, because yeah. I haven't. Personally, had to offer any ultimatums in friendships or romantic relationships. Mm-hmm. I don't even really know. And maybe I have to explore a little bit more. I'm not sure. I have a solid group of friends right mm-hmm. now. Shout out to you all. So I feel like I'm not in a position where I really have to be offering ultimatums to my friends. Mm-hmm. Right. And even in my relationships, like my romantic relationships with my partners, I really I tell you what I want from the beginning. Mm-hmm. And if you cannot give me that, mm-hmm. please be on your way. Yeah. But if you can and you are making this commitment to to do that, yeah. then I assume that we are working towards a particular trajectory. Yeah. So I don't want to have to offer you an ultimatum, like you said, at three, four, five, or mm-hmm. so on. So it sounds like both of us are not really for ultimatums. I, no. And um, I think another thing which is really particular, and again, this is not me saying this could never happen. We'll talk again in like 10 years. We'll see if I'm out here giving ultimatums. But I just also think that like, there's always choice in life. Mm. And if at 35 or whatever, I have a partner and I give him that three year like, hey, like this is the timeline that I want um, and it doesn't get met. Like, I don't feel like I feel like people give an ultimatum to for marriage because it's something that they really want because they go, OK, either you give it to me or I'm going to get it from someone else. Mm-hmm. Right. Whereas and I feel like when it comes to like marriage and relationships, may this be friendships or like romantic relationships. It's so it's not between having this relationship with this person and having a relationship with that person. It's literally having a relationship with that person and having a relationship with myself. If the partner that I'm saying I want three years with a marriage, if I don't get that at that three years, you know what? I'm going to walk away and be the rich auntie. Like that's my relationship to myself. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm not interested in in. I really don't like the idea of having to communicate to people how to love me. Mm. I think that people who want to be in your life will show you that they're the way they want to be in your life. And you are the person to decide whether you accept the way they present themselves or not. And it's your choice to walk away from that or stay. Yeah. Like big facts on the walk away or stay. Yeah, and I, then... I generally don't believe that people should ask people to change mm-hmm. in that 
way. And um, that's probably why I'm single also. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, um, let's, let's get on. <laughs> um, but yeah, so based on what we, you know, just talked about, what did you think of the show, The Ultimatum? Let's, let's start breaking down the show. What were, let's start with, what was your favorite couple? I understand you may not like uh, the couples. But they're not all compatible. <laughs> but what is one couple that you felt like you looked at and you're like, okay, I could kind of see, you know, I could I could see the compatibility a little bit. You need some work, but I kind of see it. Nobody. All right. Okay. I so yeah, li- just break it down for us. <laughs> what did you take away from the so show? Like the only couple where I was like, oh, this is probably the bad idea. I'm not gonna say this. No, I am saying to say this. Co no, it wasn't Kobe. Who was the girl who was like I can't believe Kobe doesn't find me attractive. Hunter Alexis. and Alexis? Yes. They were together for how long? 12 years? No, I no, that it was, was that much. That was the other couple. No, but they were older. They were the one of the older couples on there. Mm-hmm. And again, I don't want to do this age thing, but I'm going to do it because I already said I don't believe it. That society is moving forward. So whatever. I just didn't, I definitely felt like they didn't go on there the same way the other couples were going on there mm-hmm. like there's right. a sense of eagerness and nervousness that all those other couples had that they didn't and you see what age does a little bit i, I don't know i'm just saying <laughs> so if we're gonna say in terms of like who did i least hate the most alexis and hunter yeah i could absolutely could see how they were both suited for each other yeah I didn't necessarily like their characteristics, like individually. Hunter didn't do anything wrong. Yes, Hunter. Alexis whatever. Was a bit. Alexis came out a little too strong for me, but that is absolutely your provocative. Do what you got to do as do a you woman. Girl, you know? know what you want. Exactly. You know? Exactly. Exactly. So that was that was you know that was cool. Um, and I, I agree with you on that. I yeah. think that they they were a couple that seemed to me to most suit each other. Mm-hmm. Um, who else? Kobe and Madeline. Wow, what about them? I just think, why? Yeah. I think, at I wish that you time, walked away. We watched the reunion. She has a baby. Can we say anything else at this point? Right. You're right. Okay, we're going to move on. Um, <laughs> Shanique and Randall. Interesting couple. Interesting, interesting couple. I really want to like them together. I appreciate them. Mm-hmm. I appreciate them maybe because the reunion, we watched that. And that it didn't just end off in the ultimatum working. And they were honest about that. Right. Yeah, I really appreciated the honesty and I liked that you could see the self-awareness in each of them during the reunion. Mm -hmm. So Shanique saying, you know, there were things that I felt like I wasn't appreciating enough in Randall. Um, Even when at a certain point, I believe it was episode six or seven, you hear her start to say, you know, fuck the ring, fuck the ring. And you can kind of see her throughout go from I really want this ring. I really want this ring. I really to okay, well, what's the state of my actual relationship? Like, I'm one in this ring, but we're not really... I, I saw that in her. Like, uh, to me, that like... Before the reunion? Just before, the final, like, two episodes. Because she said, you know, I, I brought Randall on, and at first I came on here really expecting that we would walk out of here together. This is my man, da da da, da. But now, honestly, I'm open to what happens, and I'm open to the fact, like, if that doesn't end up with me leaving with him. So I kind of saw her because I... F- First two, three episodes, it was very, why are you over there with Madeline and you're mm-hmm. supposed to be me and da, 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 da. And then I kind of, she was still, you know, yeah. very on him about, you know, his relationship with Madeline. And that's what she brought him on to do. Exactly. But I could see her shifting a little bit to less about, 
the ring, the ring, the ring, and more about okay, our this relationship, relationship and exactly. Okay. Yeah, I, I felt like I could see that character development. Yeah. <laughs> Sounding like this is a fictional show. I mean, to an extent it is, but uh, <laughs> but yeah. Do you think the show is scripted? I think to a certain degree they have to be scripted. Maybe I just like the delusion to think this is all real. Oh, uh, the, nah, this is absolutely scripted. No, I'm going to think degree. it's real. Okay, yeah, you, yeah. you think that. <laughs> you, you, you think that. <laughs> but you know what? So the reason I'm going to say I'm going to learn to appreciate them, like it or not, I like a little bit of messiness. The first two episodes drove me absolutely insane because um, Randall, oh, I just want to be financially stable, get these things in order. Shanice is all about the ring and the flashy dress. And you know what? You are a whole ass liar. By the end of the first episode or the second episode, he was already talking about being like, oh, the, the money thing was an excuse. I just am not ready. I'm not sure if it's just you. But if I meet the right person, maybe I'm going to be ready. This is why I walk away quickly. Mm -hmm. Because, again, it is not the ultimatum that exposed that. It was him. It was him. If this was even before they went into, like, choosing the, the person, he was already saying, like, oh, like, in reality, it wasn't the money thing. It was me not actually being ready to marry her. We know bear dudes who are out here broke as a stick getting bank loans to get married. Is it a financially sound um, decision? I don't know. Ask Shay. Uh, <laughs> but they're doing it. And I'm not here to encourage that behavior. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm like, if he wants to, he'll make himself shake. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I think that like excuses very much, very present were like debunked within the first episode mm -hmm. of this show. The money thing was an excuse. The children thing was an excuse. Lauren and Nate. Because was that an excuse? Yes. Homegirl was saying to Nate that she didn't want any kids. Yes. But then when she started talking to Kobe, she was like, I'm more open to having kids with Kobe. Yes. But we've seen several situations where women are so serious about not having kids. Yeah. But it's really that they don't want kids with that particular partner. That's what I'm saying. I don't think it's an excuse. I think that's a dynamic thing. So when she started talking to Kobe, she said, Nate is too busy. Yeah. Nate is so busy. He doesn't have like, who's going to help me take care of these kids? Mm -hmm. And Kobe sort of started opening up to her and said, you know what? This is something that we can work on together. So I think it was actually the children thing was a really important thing to either of them. Yeah. I think they actually kidded themselves by getting engaged. I'm going to stick with it being an excuse. Okay. Because if you, I, I do agree with you of the whole conversation because Nate is too busy, mm -hmm. but isn't there like a, a conversation for that? Like stop so working as much so that we can be more active in the possibility of having kids. Like if you want kids, you need to be less busy. I'm not, I'm not doing this on my own. Right. If it's that simple of a conversation, don't you think they would have had it? So that's what I'm saying. That's why I'm saying it's not an excuse. So for example, Randall, the money thing was an excuse because he said, it, this is a crutch. I was just using it to hold me back. It was just a silly thing he was saying. Okay. But I feel like for Nate and Lauren, that kid thing is a big hurdle to overcome. Like there are people that divorce over not wanting kids or wanting kids. But is the hurdle necessarily the kids or the fact that he's too busy because she's open to having kids? So we don't know because it shifted. To Nate, it was, I don't want kids. Because he's busy. He kept, she said to him, I don't want kids. It was to Colby when she started to open up with him. She said, Nate is so busy. I'll be the one taking care but of the kids everybody myself. everybody out here was pillow talking. <laughs> so that's where, you know, please communicate with your partners first before you start, you like know. Like I said, I don't really rate a lot of these couples out here. Yeah. They were really horrendous. 
Um, what couples do you think really benefited from this experience? Okay. Um, positively, yes. I think Shanique and Randall. Yes, I agree. Negatively, but for the with the best reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, Jake and April and Zay and Ray. Of course, of course, of course. Yeah, they did yeah. not need to be together. I agree. Yeah, I think I think Shanique and Randall benefited from it. I think it showed them a lot of, you know, things that they could work on, mm-hmm. things that they could appreciate more in each other. And you know, right now it looks like individually yes i generally think randall grew from him yes i think so too like if we had to pick like one person that this benefited the most randall randall i think that he was being immature from the get-go and i don't want to say this like in a negative way like screw randall i know i've been like Mm -hmm. mentioning him as an example as an excuse but i think that sometimes when you are pushed in uncomfortable situations you rather come up with the truth than have to go through with it entirely Mm -hmm. so he just needed that to, to be able to come to terms with what he was doing. Um, yeah, so I'm just going to, I'm going to give him the all-star. Okay. The, like, <laughs> the ultimatum all-star? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Okay. Um, what were some lessons that you, you took away from the show? Like, when you sort of watched it, mm-hmm. <laughs> what did you feel was really important that, like, stood out to you? Something that you walk away and maybe... Implement in your friendships, your relationships, your business relationships, whatever. So I'm going to stick to romantic relationships. Yeah. Because I can't really see how emotions in business play a good thing together. But romantic uh, wise, I think um, I don't think I've ever explained to you that like I've always struggled with confidence and demanding or like requiring certain things from like, okay, friendship and actually friendship and relationships. Mm-hmm. So. If I get into a relationship and it, I require words of affirmation, I require, you know, time, attention, times of quality. Like those are things that are important for me um, in my relationships. I, I used to think it, it was crazy if you met someone that you liked and they didn't give you that mm-hmm. and you started to ask that of them. I thought you just kind of like sit there and you're like, OK, well, like, I guess he's not an affectionate person. Like, it's OK. You know what I mean? Mm. And people love to do that to women when they're like, oh, like. You're asking for too much. This dude is not like this. Da, 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 da. Like you're doing too much in asking that. I think it's a great way to show to people, women and men, that you're allowed to want more of your partner. Mm-hmm. You're like, it sounds crazy to say, but it's like if you're not getting this from this person, you're allowed to want it. You're not delusional and expecting more from people. Like that sense of entitlement. Mm-hmm. Zay saying to Ray, I need you to be more expressive to me for right. me to know that you love me in order to, for us to take the next step to get married. Yeah. People were like, oh, no, like she's expressive. Like uh, he's being too in his feelings. Yeah. No, 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 no. This man needs affirmation yeah. to know that this is the girl that he wants to spend his the rest of his life with. Exactly. Why would you look at anybody crazy like that? And if they do, they're not the right person. Mm-hmm. So that show just. Yeah. I, I, I almost texted someone. You're out. <laughs> We'll talk after the show. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so what it showed me... Actually, I want to hear you, yeah. ...is self-awareness. And we talked about that just before we got on mic, is this idea that a lot of people, a lot of the individuals and characters on uh, the show, at the reunion, they were watching playback saying, oh, I can't believe that was me. I thought I was so expressive, and it turns out I wasn't. And I'm looking at it, I'm like, damn, like I'm sitting at home watching this, and I can tell you that, you were cold here. Mm-hmm. You were rude here. You mm-hmm. were a dumbass here. You were a bitch here. You should have shut the fuck up here. Like, I could tell you 
those things. But I don't know, maybe going through the situation, we're not always able to be aware of our actions, our behaviors and stuff. So that's something that I don't know. I kind of have in the back of my mind now is, damn, yeah. this seemed like common sense to me watching it. Yeah. But maybe going through the situation, it's not, maybe. it doesn't always, you know, I don't inter- say like interpret eight out of like 10 that. times. I think that a lot of people do have a sense of self-awareness, but like how it translates is very different. Mm -hmm. That's why, like, I think when people communicate to you things like you have to listen. Mm -hmm. If you think you're being expressive, but it's not enough, like our our girlfriend, Ray. Yep. Like she was just like, oh, no, like I'm doing the best I can. Like I I," like Mm -hmm. the girl was like choking. She couldn't even say to her man why she loved him. Right. And then she was like, oh, I was looking at that and I didn't even know who it was. And I was like, but homeboy was telling you throughout the whole season that you're not expressive. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Um, So self-awareness. Yeah, I do. I do think that's a good thing to denote. Okay. Um, So I'm going to ask you one last question for the segment a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) So. Talked about age. We've talked about, you know, ultimatums, friendships, relationships how that can change. So what are some critical things that you have learned as you've gotten older? You know, now that we're in our mid-20s. Um, what are some Not critical your lessons? Mate. You're almost there, sis. <laughs> <laughs> Give me six more months. <laughs> um, but yeah, what are some critical lessons that you have learned with regards to your friendships and romantic relationships as you've gotten older? Keeping, you know, the ultimatum in mind, us, mm. you know, getting older, all that, our experiences. I am an emotional person. Mm, I like that. And um, it doesn't make me weak. It doesn't make me demanding. So like, I will turn around anytime and be like, Chad, I appreciate you spending time with me. Mm -hmm. I appreciate you taking the time of the day to go to this specific thing with me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I appreciate, you know, like you taking note of the fact that I'm really like a museum person, even Mm -hmm. though it's just like something that I'm figuring out myself. Right. Yeah. And when you meet people who don't notice that and it doesn't feel right you're not it it's not wrong to acknowledge that like that's something that it lacks in your relationship so um just that exchange of emotion is very necessary for me i'm not as cold as i thought i was or that i would express to people that i was so that's something really big in my relationships um ding, another, ding, ding. Thing, <laughs> another thing hmm. Uh, I mean, I, we talked. You had a podcast. You talked about femininity a little bit more. Yes, and I think I'm going to bring that up very briefly in the sense that, like, um, it. I think that my idea of womanhood and femininity is very individual to me, and I think I, actually everybody's sense of womanhood is individual to them. Um, but it's you're allowed to take on things just as much as you're allowed to give up and unlearn things. Right. Um, so in in line with, again, like I am a sensitive person, I am an emotional person. I'm needing help, needing help. I used to think that I was going to figure out how to like change a tire. No, I don't want to do that. I actually refuse to figure out anything that has to do with cars. Yeah, no, I will not do that. Mm-hmm. I, I, I That's very shallow. But these are like little things like. A part of like womanhood for me is especially with like growing up that I'm just like, hey, like these are the things I'm willing to take on. Here are the things I'm willing to unlearn. Uh, different partners present different things. Like I have partners who are a little bit more quiet and like I'm a little bit more of the outspoken one. But it doesn't mean that I'm the manlier person in the 
relationship. That dynamic could look different, closed doors. Again, it works with different people, how it presents itself. I'm just open to that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to echo what you said on, you know, being emotional, letting our guards down. I think that's something that I've definitely um, just had the privilege of enjoying in my friendships and in like my relationships as well, like my romantic relationships as well. Um, I feel like with my friends, you guys are just so and I, it's interesting. We're all firstborn daughters of African households. Like my Chai, really, really, look really at really the trauma friends. being unlearned. <laughs> so I feel like we're all sort of like unlearning some trauma, some, you know, childhood uh, habits and so on. And we're all like trying to also shed that, you know, like strong woman thing. Yeah. And we're all letting our guard down. And it's so beautiful. So I feel like I've really enjoyed seeing that. And you guys see my goofy side. Like, it's just so lit. Like, I, I absolutely love it. And I think that everybody needs to get themselves, you know, good, solid friends who yeah. can see, who you can show all sides to you of that. But yeah, I'm definitely going to echo that. Like, the emotional and, and asking for help. Yeah. Ooh, heavy on asking for help. Yeah. I definitely agree with that. All right. Well, you know, we're going to wrap that segment up, but we are not done. You know, you know what time it is. It's the Bobo podcast. So <laughs> we're going to ask you some fun questions, girl. You know, we did this before. The listeners already know you, but we're really going to get to know you again. Oh, some spicy questions? Mm, not that spicy. Oh, okay. I like it hot, but we can go mild. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I'm going to ask you for four fun questions. And, you know, without thinking, just give me the first thing that comes to mind. Without all right? thinking. You got me on the mojitos. You want me to speak without thinking? Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> so if you could press a rewind, pause, or fast forward b- button on your life right now, which one would you hit? Well, either pausing rewind in or fast forward in oh which one are we doing okay this is going against what i just said about like living in the present but i definitely would do fast forward right now Mm -hmm. it's a little bit of a red time like Mm -hmm. i am wrapping up my undergraduate studies turning whatever age i'm trying to look for my career it's it's a really rough patch and like i'm Mm -hmm. enjoying it like i i have you i have Mm -hmm. you know my cousin my very close friends who are great support and mm-hmm. I'm occupying myself and I'm very blessed to be in this situation the way I'm upholding it. But it is difficult. Yeah. So I just fast forward to when I have the new job mm-hmm. that's paying me really well. Yeah. And I'm spending my money like drug dealers on patios with the mimosas, bottomless mimosas. Amazing. That's what I want to fast forward to. I love that. Yeah, I would hit fast forward too. Yeah. Just well. for now. <laughs> <laughs> um... Okay, are you the life of the party or the homebody? I feel like I, I can answer this. Please do. Um, so I think that you are a little bit of both. Thank you. I think that you're a homebody like me, but then when we go out, we're really out. Yeah. You know? When, I'm in, when, I, when I hit my household, don't ask me to leave my house. Yes. But when I'm outside, don't start rushing me to go back home because you're not going to get me back out. <laughs> um, okay, what is your go-to dance move when the DJ plays a song, they're playing your favorite, you know, French African song by um, either Daju or Taiki. What are we hitting like them the with first? That that. Sorry, Taiki or Daju. What Thank are we you. hitting them with first? Ah! You know, the good Lord gave me some good hips, so I'll be putting my hands on my knees, <laughs> whipping my head around, and getting low. Yeah, that's just it. I'm a, I'm a cute <laughs> two-step, but decorated a little bit. All right. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay. Last question. Mm. I'm actually interested. I'm not sure what you would pick for this. So dinner with anyone, dead or alive, who would it be? Jesus, what? I mean. Dead or alive? Um, dead. Okay. Maya Angelou. Oh, that's a really good one. 
I think that someone, especially like she, when she had that interview about how she went mute for a couple of years because of all her trauma, right? Mm -hmm. And then she starts speaking up again. And then these are people who have very calculated sense of speech. Like what yes. they say have to hold a lot of importance, not necessarily in this very boastful way, yeah. but because it's like, um, life silenced me once. Yes. And if I'm going to share something, it's going to be worthwhile. Mm -hmm. I there's value in my breath and there's value in my silence as well. Yep. So I would really love to enjoy talking to her and honestly about just black womanhood. Yeah. I really I think that a lot of um artistic women mm -hmm. I would like to think that because they were considered like wall breakers and stuff like that they're a little bit more liberal in their thinking in some way shape or form yeah um however daring that was in their time versus our time mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. I think there's a sense of uh the way they think mm -hmm. that could help absolutely how, like I think and just grow from that so Maya Angelou and also I really like my tattoo from that's her. what I was about to say yeah. we have the same tattoo yeah. still I rise still so I, I would rise. absolutely want to yeah. pick her brain about that oh yeah. that's so great I love that they're good good answers to all Thank my questions you. Um, well, yeah, those are all the questions I have for you, love. Thank you so much for pulling up on me and for being part of the first installation of our Vibe Check episodes. I'm looking forward to having a lot more of my girlfriends come through the studio and have these sort of more relaxed but still invigorating conversations as always. Um, before I let you go, love, just, you know, drop your socials. Let the people know where they can find you. And, find me um, on Instagram at it's just period Estelle. Mm -hmm. If you need any balloon arrangements this summer. Or any form of acrylic design, again, Pop Culture Studios. You can hit me up on there as well, too. All right. Well, thank you so much for being on this episode, girl. It won't be too long till we chat again. Yeah, not at all. <laughs> <laughs>